Lucy, can you explain yourself? What do you mean? I have big problems <laughs> this week. You have a lot of big problems. I know. But this one is to do with my big problem. <laughs> what? Is that an innuendo? It might very well be. Oh, because no. of your success, we get gifting opportunities. And in one of these gifting opportunities, <laughs> you've got some, some shower gel. <laughs> And oh, I think that shower gel is glorious. It is minty. I, <laughs> I fe- love it. I feel like I have had relations with Jack Frost. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> Go on, do you want to tell them the, the culprit? The What's culprit? It, called? it is the body shop's minty, mentally Ollie, shower to, gel. You've got to s- do I look like I have it in front of me? <laughs> Ali, could you run and tell us? <laughs> Ali, could you run and tell us what it is? I could probably just Google it. No, Ali, just go in the shower, babe. So <laughs> she's yeah, bring the product up. Ali, Ali's going to bring. <laughs> you sent her down <laughs> to go and get the product. Yeah, well, I really like it. Like it, it smells fabulous, and it's fabulous on the rest of my body. But don't just put it on your peen, then. Well. You know what? We're in dire straits. What do you We're... mean dire straits? Just go to Tesco. I, I had another shower gel. And then lo and behold, miss, I use all the shower gel every time I go in the shower. Well, I, used I, it I all do up. use a lot of shower gel. Even though you like the minty one, you decided to use the coconut one, which I was saving. Oh for... dear, I didn't know there was earmarked <laughs> shower gel in our shower for just for you, darling. We have a shelf that we share. So oh. this is the body shop's. Here. Hashtag gifted. Invigorating <laughs> shower gel in peppermint. I love that. I think every time I have a headache or I'm stressed, I just put that all over my body and it feels really minty and tingly. Oh. And it's just beautiful. I it- can tell you that tingling's not a pleasant <laughs> feeling. <laughs> I agree, I don't like it. You don't like it, Al. That's controversial. She doesn't like the tingle. Well, I'm the only one that likes it, but body shop thank you for your gifting you gift me quite a lot and i just i'm so sorry that we're having a bit of a moan about your <laughs> about what you send us but please keep sending because i keep using your chamomile um buttery balm yeah. i know that's not the technical term for it but i i make it remove with that all the time the chamomile cleansing balm that would be the one that mm. Shall we get on with this episode? Yeah, go on. I mean, I can't believe you started it with tingly peens, but there we go. My tingly big problem. <laughs> to be fair, we ended like the last one on like <laughs> biggest dickers, didn't we, or something like that. Roll the intro. <laughs> this is But I'd Never Marry a Blind Woman. A show where we answer all the questions you are too afraid to ask about dating, marriage and finding love with a disability. I'm Lucy Edwards-Cave, presenter, author of my soon-to-be-published book, Blind Not Broken and Blind Wife of... Me, Ollie Edwards-Cave, her sighted husband and the man usually behind the camera. Each week on this podcast, we... Your fave interabled couple... Are going to debunk the stereotypes of dating with a disability, dive behind the inspiration porn headlines and unpack your relationship dilemmas. So when people say... But I'd never marry a blind woman... You can answer... Well, I would...
Last night, my boyfriend and I had the worst blow-up fight we have ever experienced over the course of our three-year relationship, and I need third-party advice on how to proceed. Mm. Normally, I Hello. would ask my friends and Ollie, family. Can you just pause? <laughs> I really don't feel like it's X-Factor right now. <laughs> Normally. <laughs> you are it, funny. It, you do not, have a good X-Factor voice. You're but... not a fan of the drama. <laughs> Go on, normally. <laughs> normally, I would ask my friends and family, but I don't want them to make judgments based on their personal pity slash feelings for me. I have a disease that will slowly take over my body. I've had this since presumably birth. So it's not like this is my first rodeo. Ah. <laughs> He's lost his place. <laughs> it's going really well. <laughs> Let's... No, I love it. I love it. I don't want to mention exactly what the disease is, but I know that it causes extreme deterioration of body tissues and parts, mobility issues, cognitive issues, extreme fatigue and other health risks. Most people with this disease live happy, fulfilled lives that are supported by medication. I, however, Mm -hmm. got unlucky as the cheapest medication for the treatment didn't work to stifle my disease. And thus, I spent seven years essentially letting my body eat itself. Ooh. That's terrible. That is awful. I was unable to move on to treatment due to my place of residence and the insurance I had, as other treatments range from $200 to $1,800 per <gasps> one shot of dose. That's America, so America, what are you doing? Your healthcare system. Oh, no. Like, this it is really probably like the 10th time you guys have heard this today. I like, know. Oh, but like, seriously. I oh, know. Get it fixed. I, I, I do worry because it's so expensive just for basic kind of needs and... I love America. I don't want to shade you guys, but oh my gosh, like it would be terrifying to live there. My luck did change, however, when my boyfriend and I moved to a different place in the country. I had to wait another year to see my new specialist, but it was worth it. When I saw her, she immediately approved me for medical support, got me onto the meds that I needed and told me that this was the worst case she has seen, considering my age group. Because I was still mobile at that time, I did not go on disability. I was relieved and optimistic that I was finally getting help, and I did begin to feel better health-wise. All this time, I'd been going to university and working. But when I moved, I dropped uni to take a break. I started to work three quarters of the time and take care of the house slash property that my boyfriend and I bought while he works full-time. Being independent and self-reliant has always been extremely important to me, and despite my bad shape due to my disease, I definitely feel like I have pulled my weight in all aspects of my life, this, however, changed when, my, when late last year, my treatment stopped working. Honestly, either treatment stopped working or pain management is the worst because you just feel like you're in a cycle and it's never going to get better and you can't control it. And you, I feel so sorry for you. It was debilitating. Yeah. I couldn't go to work and haven't since December the 1st. I could barely walk. I can't cook, clean, do the dishes or really do anything that I normally would do or even enjoy doing. Every moment of my life feels like I'm wearing a lead jacket, Mm. and I'm in extreme pain. Sometimes even bringing a coffee cup to my mouth makes my hands shake so bad from the pain slash weakness that I spill it all over myself. I am lucky enough that my boyfriend has helped me through this horrible time. He has picked up the slack fully without any complaint. He essentially waits on me hand and foot, and I hate every second of it. I hate how useless I have become. I hate that I've caused us financial troubles because of my lack of working. I've even deceived my boyfriend about how I've been paying our bills. I told him that I had luckily paid extra 
on the bills back in October slash November because I was anticipating Christmas to be a financial strain. This isn't true. Mm. I had to reach out to my father to ask him to send me money from my uni fund to cover them. I even lied to my own father, telling him that I was planning on going back to uni soon and I may need the money for enrolment fees. I lied because I'm ashamed of how bad my body has gotten and how much of a burden I am on myself and others. I truly feel like I have no future and now I'm worried about my boyfriend's future too. My boyfriend wanted to stay open to the idea of having kids until we settled down in our new place some more and he wanted to get married. He wanted to do a lot of things with me but now that I'm looking at my position I think he would be better off doing those things with someone else. Oh, that's so horrendous to think. I've been in and out of doctor's appointments this past month and a half, but all of them are unsure how to help me. All they can do is prescribe me pain medication, write doctor's notes for work, and send letters to my specialist to hopefully see me sooner. My next appointment with her is in February. Yesterday I got back from an appointment that my boyfriend drove me to. Driving has become too painful for me. The doctor was sympathetic but ultimately unhelpful as he had limited experience in what he could offer. I burst into tears over it and my boyfriend was consoling me. I don't know why I said it all of a sudden, but I told my boyfriend that I wanted to break up. And he was shocked. He immediately got angry and asked me why. I told him that I didn't think it was fair that he had to take care of a 25-year-old who was essentially as helpful and fun to be around as an infant. I then told him he would be better off and much happier than someone else and that we should just split now before I deteriorate into a living corpse. He kept pushing back and I finally told him that marriage and kids would be off the table now and that you should go and find someone else who can bring in those things. No. He said, how dare you think I value things that don't exist yet over you? And he Mm. left the conversation. Now I'm conflicted. I want to break up with him because in my heart, I feel like I'm wasting away under a bridge somewhere and hoping I die an early death. I also don't want to throw away the love, happiness and friendship my boyfriend and I have together. We have a very strong relationship. At least we did. But I would sacrifice my own happiness and his temporary happiness for him to be more fulfilled in his life in the long run. Okay, number one, a lot of internalized ableism here. Mm. A lot of internalized ableism, which I can I can understand because when you're first kind of navigating pain again, I know she said she's navigated it before, um, and she has a condition that means that it ebbs and flows. But I remember standing in front of you and saying, you know, you'd be better off with someone else, and your response was pretty much similar to his yeah we kind of like spoke about it last week somewhat yeah we this situation seems quite not in the same not exactly parallel but like the similar emotional aspects Mm -hmm. yeah feeling like the you know your life's ahead of you and you're only 25 and you saw a future for yourself in a body that was a lot more quote-unquote capable and you feel like a burden but I think what I would say is initially we need to reevaluate kind of what it means to be independent because independence looks different for everybody. And I know at the moment you're used to your body working in a certain way, but there is no way that you can. I know because maybe you haven't necessarily got any disabled people in your life to look up to or know that you can be completely independent in different ways you don't have to physically do the things that you used to be able to do to have self-worth but I know that when you're drowning in all the self-doubt and you know internalized ableism when you first you when you feel like you're in a body that isn't made for you or feels really foreign to you I think you initially have those thoughts of oh my gosh 
my world's over. It feels I, I'm wasting away, and I, I and and those are very valid feelings. And I'm I'm glad that you're able to kind of talk to the internet about them. I'm hoping that a group, a dis disability group, would help you eventually. I know po you're possibly not ready for that right now from reading your words. Um, but I think getting people in your life with the similar disease and being able to speak to them is number one. Number two, don't be too hard on yourself right now. Like it's just happening to you and you are just losing function in different parts of your body for the very first time. And you're kind of not being able to do as many things as you're used to. Like I remember when I first went blind and I had to make a cup of tea for myself for the very first time and I burnt myself and I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, what is my body doing? Like I just don't recognize the body that I'm in right now. But you do find ways. It, it is a big amount of time that it takes to rehabilitate and get the right, you know, support workers around you. But if you're boyfriend is also willing to go on that journey with you which it sounds like he is it's really bad to assume I think that he would want a life without his 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 person what about you Ollie do you I, think that from the boyfriend's perspective yeah I like, mean I did a used to assume that you were kind of uh, that you needed someone else because I didn't think you'd have a fulfilled life with me yeah I'm sort of I guess in the similar boat to that boyfriend in that I wasn't willing to let you go just because of your disability. What I'd say is that she sounds like she's still like the, the apart from like her physical disability, like her mental capacity is still there. Mm. And it sounds like they still have that sort of like, you Connection. can still have that banter that has last together. Like you can still do things that are just about the mind talking, everything like me and you, like a lot of our relationship is just sitting there and talking yeah, and like having a great time. I agree that day to day you need your person, you know, you need your person to be able to communicate. That's the number one hack. <laughs> well, not a hack to having a successful marriage in life is communication. You know, if you can do that, the rest of it gets a lot easier. So would you say that you would be angry if I assumed that, you know, if I just said, Ollie, I'm not good enough for you, would yeah. that would would you be angry? Absolutely. I I would be frustrated that like you were jumping to a conclusion that wasn't in my head. Of course, like there will be like days when like it's really hard and you'll be thinking, oh my gosh, like would it be easier? But that's not the day to day. And that's not your general mood. That's just like a spur of the moment. Like, and you shouldn't be making spur of the moment, well, big choices on like impulse decisions. Mm -hmm. You always said that to me. But also, would you say, because you've always said to me as well, that, you know, our kind of navigation was a world of disability. But other couples have other roadblocks, right? Yeah, of course. Like there's all sorts of things. There could be financial troubles. There could be like where one of you's lost a job and it's really hard that way. Or there could be situations where it might be um, drinking drugs. Mm. And, and at the end of the day, got an, like they could be lovely, but struggling with addiction. Mm. Could be gambling addictions. Like There's all sorts of problems you come across in life. It, and it also can be to do not just with yourselves. It could be to do with your family around you. It could be to do with 
like one of you has got a very terrible mother-in-law or one of or you have a kid who's gotten into a car accident and needs mm-hmm. support and that like or even like you see a lot of the time that parents split up when their child goes missing or mm-hmm. has died and that like it's all of these situations that put huge amounts of strain on the relationship this is the thing i think everyone if you're in a relationship you have to compromise in some way and if you build your sense of self and it's not not going to happen overnight if you build on how you feel about yourself and be more positive around what you can and can't do now that your body works in this way it's about adapting and being resilient in order to find different ways to do things so maybe you need like me and ollie have cleaners in every single week and that's something we budget for And for me, I know that I can't necessarily see all the dirt around the house and I'm never going to be able to. But I don't think, oh, I'm a burden for not being able to clean that in the way that I used to be able to. What I think is, no, you know, we've budgeted and it's coming out the joint and we're in a position where I can do that and feel very independent with that task because I write a list for the cleaners. Um, I'm very in control of different things around the house I ask them um how you know what what's around me like are the flowers dead that I put in the vase the other week or um they help me put my clothes away and match them so then I'm autonomous then getting dressed so I've taken control of things in a different way and even though like sometimes I don't have enough energy to make myself a cup of tea and I say Ollie could you make me a cup of tea today there's other things in my life that I know that I'm con- I'm taking control over, but it doesn't have to be the conventional way, you know. Mm. Would you say that, Ollie? Yeah. Would you say we're fifty fifty? I'd say so. I think it depends on like what task, as well. Like you don't have to be fifty fifty in everything. Some days we could be seventy thirty on my side. Other times we could be seventy thirty on your side. Yeah, it's true. It do- like it doesn't have to be fifty fifty all of the time. And I mean. You may be better at, like, financial planning and budgeting. which is the case. I wasn't talking about you. (laughs) I was talking about our character. But also, it's what you're interested in. And did you see, I think me and the girls um, were having this discussion the other day, that, oh, there was a video where sometimes you show up and you're you're 100%. And sometimes you show up and you're 40%. But as long as you communicate and you say, oh, I'm having a bit of a 40% day today. And then maybe your spouse or partner will say, well, I'm having an 80% day, so I'll do a bit more today. And I loved that because it was quantifying energy. And, you know, it's just lovely because you do kind of, I don't know, pick up the pieces for the other one when you're just feeling a bit low energy. And we have that kind of constant communication anyway because of spoon theory and spoons for me don't we exactly but we have your battery power as well yeah we sort of like <laughs> i don't want to use spoons because that's like a very disabled thing but i'm like disabled term, yeah. i am i am out of energy today like i i do not have much to give i'm so. like you play on the playstation my lovely <laughs> i will leave you alone yeah. <laughs> r&r can you hear doggies so yeah i hope that helped do you think we answered i think we've covered most bases there i think it's about definitely the way you see yourself and you reframing your you because there's a lot of internalized ableism and i'm not saying i haven't had the, these exact 
triggers before because you do feel like an imposter in your own body. But um, yeah, I hope you stay together. And if it's right, you'll know in your heart. And it's like a long road of trying to navigate, you know, who you are now. But it'll get easier the longer you navigate it. Remember, you can email us your dilemmas too, which we haven't had many of. That's why we're doing Reddit posts. But if you do, we can keep them completely anonymous. And you can email... H-E-L-P. That's help at, at lucyedwards.com. Yay! Oh, we were so in sync then. Love it. <laughs> okay, so this week we've got a new story of, of the week. week. Instead of hate comments. Yeah. Because that's what we're, yeah, I just thought we'd just, you know. Switch it up. Switch it up and switch, shrink switch, it all about. Switch it up. So what have you got, darling? Okay, so we have got the New York Post, mm -hmm. which is a highly reputable newspaper. Not at all the US equivalent <laughs> of the Daily Mail. Not at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Highly reputable. What could go wrong? Well, in this case, they got a saucy story for us. Though. Oh, saucy. A pilot blocked disabled man from boarding flight wrongly claimed he was a dangerous threat due to wheelchair batteries. Go on. Well, what's your first thoughts on this this headline? I don't want to do that because I feel like... You mean that the New York Post might be sensationalising <laughs> the headline? Yes, I feel... And you don't want to give a reaction to justify their, their, their outrage bait. <laughs> yeah, please keep going, darling. Do tell, do tell. A Canadian Airlines pilot... Erroneously. Is that how you pronounce it? Erroneously? 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 <laughs> Erroneously. Told a man who uses a motorised wheelchair that he couldn't board a flight because the batteries connected to him, his mobility aid presented a dangerous threat, according to a report. Ken Harrower said a Porter Airlines pilot inquired about his power chair and then stopped him from getting on the flight at Calgary International Airport that was travelling to Toronto Sunday. Can I just say, just interjecting, that wheelchair users often do say that their mobility aids are really manhandled because you have to get out of your wheelchair onto an aeroplane seat and then they take your wheelchair and place it in the hold which just jostles about with all of the suitcases and is actually horrendous. So there's so many times when I've seen tweets, but obviously exes, posts, of people saying, it's horrendous, my thousand pound wheelchair, I mean, t tens of thousands probably, pound wheelchair has broken and it's because the airline's just been really careless. That, yeah, I've heard those stories too. I've seen them online quite a few times. And you just think, wow... Like having a mobility aid is so expensive already. Like it's it's expensive enough. Like could we not just treat this more with respect and also have more universal design on board so disabled people can be more free when they're traveling? It's just, it's honestly horrendous. Yeah, there's still quite a bit of work to do in the airline industry. There is. Like we've kind of got it like, sorted down with guide dogs i'd say mm, like it depends okay. like so there's technicalities tell people that story oh don't tell them the airline okay <laughs> because was, we we're, we're sorting it out we it did raise on, it and they they apologized it was on one of these like sort of frog hopper planes mm -hmm. so it was london to scotland yes. in this case 
Now, guys, don't recommend doing this. Usually we'd have more time. But we would. in this case, like, it was literally, we had a meeting one side that was like a few hours later. Yes. So we couldn't, like, travel up the usual way. But in this case, we hopped on this airline and we'd already called ahead well in advance, letting them know of the guide dog. Mm-hmm. They said they had provisions for it. Got there. They tried to shove Molly into our footwell where Lisi was already very squished because it was in like one the of seat. these... It was one of these planes where you have hardly any space like in front of yeah. you to sit. Like, and it was two seats. Your knees are already touching the, like, like if you're mm. over six foot, your knees are touching the back yeah. seat. Yeah, and me and Ollie wanted to sit together, obviously, but it was only a two-seater. So they kind of looked at us and said, well, can't you stick her in your, stick footwell. Her in your footwell and both of you be there? And then and we, we were, were like... like we, Ollie looked back at Molly and then looked back at the footwell room and was like... No, yeah. <laughs> she's not doing that. She is a huge dog. This is not okay. And then we were like, well, can't you just look at your aeroplane regulations? Because surely we have read before we boarded this plane that, you know, we're entitled to a seat and an like, and, and adequate, you know, reasonable adjustments. Well, and also with planes like this, if they don't have space in like, if they don't have a three-seater aisle or like it's already quite booked up, they tend to stick you in the very front row. Yes. As long as there's not an emergency exit, which on this plane, at the very front, because like we had to walk past it to get in, there wasn't an emergency exit door at the very front. So there we was can't. there was space. Yep. So you've probably seen both of my videos. There's two alternative ways to have Molly. As Ollie said, we could be in the front row. There's a lot more footwell room um, as there's not a row in front of us. So she could be... A, her harness could be attached to a clip that then is attached to my seatbelt. So we'd take one person's room, if you like, although she would have her blanket, her bone and everything on the floor in front of me. And we wouldn't be in an emergency exit, but then Ollie could sit on the chair next to me. Or alternatively, the seat next to Lucy is yes. then left free. And then Molly sits in the leg room with that. Yeah. And I would be a few rows behind and I would clip her to the seatbelt of or, the free chair. Or you'd be sat next to her and then I'd be behind or yes. something like that. Something like that. But they were trying to say that the plane was so, so full and that we didn't, they didn't know that we were coming. Which that they it did. wasn't reasonable to yeah, they, let they started, us like, sort go of anywhere else. And Ollie was just like, mate, I can see that there's front row seats available. Yeah. Like, why don't you just put her over there? Like, why can't we just... No, you didn't say put her over there, but why can't you just, like, you know, accommodate us having a stress-free travel situation? And it's just, it's not, it's not okay. Like, Molly needs to be not treated like a dog, but a mobility aid in that point. And I think so many people see her as this cute, fluffy thing. And that is absolutely adorable. And I love that. It gives me so much delight to talk to everybody about how amazing Molly is and about what she does for me. Honestly, top networking it aid. is. It's beautiful, but I just think, wow, like it, it's already scary getting on a plane anyway. You know, I just want there to be legislation and terms of service in place to protect me having these types of conversations because I was having to really fight for myself. And in the end, Ollie did sit behind me. Well, luckily, it turned out that someone hadn't turned up. Yeah. So there was a. So he was like, anyway. oh, don't worry. Someone hasn't turned up. You can sit behind her. It's but, like, no, that's not the reason that Ollie should be put behind me. No, that is not that is not the correct response to this situation. So we got lucky that one time. Yeah. But like, well, the, theoretically, the laws should already be protecting you, but, but they just were I agree. profit first. But even then, when I go into the 
toilet of an aircraft, I am so scared. Like there's no braille buttons or anything around. And I'm sitting there waving about and Ollie can't fit in with me. So I'm like, oh we my gosh. We actually did a video on that. We did. And Ollie has to like shout and go and put my hand on all of the different like bits around the plane toilet before I get in. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I have to remember, which which is okay after like several hours because I've probably been to the toilet several times and then I've learnt my way around, which is fine and dandy. But I'm just like, oh, I'm just thinking about wheelchair use, like transferring onto the loo. Yeah. It's, it's just hard in that scenario as well. Like for anyone with a disability, like more tactile raised buttons and a bigger cubicle for carers. Like, so you can come in with me would be so much better mm. and miss molly like you don't like to leave like i couldn't fit miss molly in there with me and i'd like you know you don't like to leave her on like by the seat do you on your on her own yeah because there was half of your one of your eyes was looking at molly and one of your eyes was looking at me <laughs> and you were like standing outside the door it's a, I don't a, know. a it's challenge hard. it's compromising to you it is it's 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 a tricky challenge. It must be you, you must deal with a lot in that scenario. It's quite overwhelming. Yeah. I'll I'll give you that. Like yeah. there is that like oh is Molly okay? Is Lucy okay? Is Molly okay? Oh Lucy's needing the toilet roll. Oh she doesn't know. Okay let's try and get in without revealing everyone. Like <laughs> my wife's vagina to the whole plane. Well I wasn't gonna say it like that, <laughs> but you know just like say it as it is lucy <laughs> i will do darling that's what that's what i do but the thing is is that you can't you you kind of subtly try and tap like lucy you ready and it is kind of asking me like is your vagina out lou basically like <laughs> it's just you know especially when it's the near decorum. the engine and we can't like hear very well <laughs> exactly we're like, like shouting at each other <laughs> yeah i'm like Leo, are you ready and all you can do is literally <laughs> and then i'm like sometimes i forget what he's told me so i'm like ollie where's the loo roll again and you're like to the right and i'm like oh yeah okay and then i've found it found it okay love <laughs> we probably sound like right old i don't know i don't know what i was gonna say really but <laughs> i don't know weirdos brits abroad <laughs> i don't know i just don't want to be put in that situation but because it's our normal it's like oh i don't know well, to be fair, like that's quite mild compared to some of the things where I've had to like sort of like sort of like angle myself slightly so I can see into. Okay, the, to give context, a lot of the time when we go abroad, or even at ser certain service stations, you'll find that the disabled toilet is out of order, or there's just no disabled toilet altogether. In which case, I had to send Lucy into the ladies. Mm -hmm. I, can't, oh, yeah. I can't guide you into the ladies. <laughs> I can course. only guide you so far yeah. into the ladies. So I'll try and use like <laughs> mirrors a little bit. Because yeah. like, I know that they're all in cubicles anyway. It's not like yeah. I'm going to like see anyone. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, go left. Go right. Go left. You're right. <laughs> no, not that far right. Sure, like this way. <laughs> and sure, always, and then there's like some ladies coming past. They're like, who what? is this who bloke? Who is this like bloke peering into the ladies' bathroom? Like <laughs> shouting things. And then they go guess, in and they you see you. looks? I do. I get quite a few do looks. Do you? But then they see your cane and they're like, oh, okay, he's, he's, he's evidently doing... The good for society. <laughs> no, it's just funny. And then, you know, in that scenario, 
I I do tend to collar a woman then once I'm in the, yeah. in the loo and I'm like, hi, could you help me? Especially when I can't like check to see if the, the bathroom's clean. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh my god. Like, oh, there's a turd on the seat. Oh, wait, no. Oh, okay. Yep. That's... Yeah, exactly. That's what most, well, no, there's never been a turd on the seat. Yeah, that would be pretty rough. That would be like, that's like I would nightclub vomit. stuff. Yeah. Nightclub? You've, you've actually been to a nightclub with a turd on the seat. I haven't. Yeah, many times. <gasps> The men's toilet oh. in a nightclub. Oh, don't! It's always disgusting. Don't. Oh. Like anyway, the later it gets, it's like dis- I, I've seen the walls covered in this stuff. Ollie, the disabled toilet on the M1 are just abysmal, oh, yeah. aren't they? That, that was pretty bad. The people, well, where the people was in that? the comments said that was a uh, London Gateway services. Yeah, and we we posted a short last year, late last year, and we were like, "This is the worst disabled toilet." Like most disabled toilets are grim. Like you walk in and you smell pee. That's mm. yeah, usually a I nice just, uh, ring always, of wee around the t- base of the toilet. Like, but, don't drop your trousers too far. No, don't. But also... I did that once. That was not good. <laughs> I was like, oh dear, I've got wee on my trousers. That wasn't in a disabled toilet. That was just in a normal toilet. But like, In the men's. Yeah. I, I was... Yeah, that oh, was grim. Oh no, that's horrendous. Yeah, usually Ollie comes in with me and then goes to the men's and I'm waiting there like, hoo hoo hoo. So funny. Anyway, uh, travel as a disabled person yes. is hard. Let's get back to our, yeah. our story. Also, just as another interjection, can we address the fact that, like, when you were talking about Twitter and you said uh, the tw- the tweets are X's, it sounded like you're saying that you had loads of X's, <laughs> as in like ex boyfriends <laughs> who were <laughs> tweeting about this. Tweeting. Like, Apologies, I keep calling it Twitter. My mind defaults to Twitter, and then I'm like, "Oh no!" It's ten years of it's branding. It's a weird name. <laughs> anyway, so he asked me, "Can the batteries be disconnected?" I told him, "No," and then he said, "I am a dangerous threat." Then he walked away and left us high and dry. He just went, "What? You're a dangerous threat." Bye. Also, how very charming. Is that down to the pilot to? Say this stuff. Like, I know also, the. I guess the pilot has final call, but I feel like someone should have maybe flagged through the several layers of security he's already been through. Also, this is like what the, I was about to say. Like going through the metal detectors and everything, surely someone would have pointed this out before he got on the actual. Or the disabled plane. assistants. Yeah, I'm not liking this. I also think, really, if it's someone's mobility aid that is protected. In the Equality Act. Well, I don't know what the yeah, I don't, laws are I, I in don't Canada. Know the, but like, hold up. Before you go down that path, this is the next weird bit of this story. Okay. Harrower was oddly then just put on another flight by airline staff. Just plopped on. All fine. No problems. What? Leading him to believe that the pilot had his own set of rules. I felt like I was being discriminated hang against on, hang on. because so I'm in a dis- chair. So he came off the aeroplane after he said that comment and so, went on a new plane. I don't think they even let him on the plane in the first place. And then they just plopped him on a new plane. So it's evidently not the laws of flying. Aviation laws. Yeah, aviation laws in Canada. Oh my gosh, please enlighten us, guys. Because there is is a thing in the back of my mind that we can't take batteries on board. But if you're talking about someone's wheelchair, as I said, like I've said this several times in this dialogue. Well, that we've we been go. having it's horrendous like there should be some legislation to say you cannot well talk about a wheelchair in that way or discriminate with a wheelchair user again following on the story <laughs> the airline admitted that the pilot screwed up 
The captain who made the decision to deny boarding did so based on his knowledge of Transport Canada regulations relating to batteries. Yes. And while there are some circumstances that batteries need to be fully removed from wheelchairs, it's not required in this situation. Of course it's not. What a tool. What an actual tool. They just need to be disconnected, which ground handlers are capable of doing. Oh my life, he wrecked someone's whole day because he didn't adequately know how not to discriminate against a disabled person. I just didn't read the rule book. Like... I just, I hate that. The fact that we can have a really lovely day. We've probably had a really lovely morning. And it's like, oh, boom. You can't get in my taxi because you've got a guide dog. Oh, boom. You can't get on the aeroplane because of your wheelchair. Mm. It's just like, you can go from the happiest you've ever been to just being rock bottom in like 10 seconds. Yeah, we've had like fantastic dates where we went oh let's go for a cute date yeah and then we go into a restaurant and they go no guy dogs here and then we get into a huge fight with them mm. and we eventually and win crying. and then they're like well have a seat now and then i'm like no no we're not staying no, 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 here no. <laughs> that's not how it works and they're like oh we'll give you a, a, a refund and you're like no 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 we're not paying you to eat here we're, even if it's free we yeah. don't want to be with you why would we want to eat with you when my whole entire world my mobility aid isn't allowed in your establishment. It's it's discriminating against me as a person. This dog is not is allowed everywhere that I go, other than hospitals in a, an emergency situation. I think it's just urgent care, isn't it, Ollie? Yeah, I see you. I see you. That's it. The end. That's the only place that Molly is not allowed. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Why would we want to be there? Why would we want to be there with some person who doesn't know how to treat people with respect? I think that's the end of the podcast. I do too. It's very sad when we end a podcast, but we're going to be back very soon next week on Tuesday. So we'll see them. We will. We'll see them then. See them Monday. On Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Ollie, can you not keep doing that? He's like the joke's already got really old, and like you still keep doing it. I was just seeing if I could just get you to slip up. No, 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 no. Anyway, guys, it's been really, really lovely chatting to you again. Remember, send your dilemmas to help at lucyedwards.com. H E L P at lucyedwards.com. And wherever you're listening to this, on Apple, Spotify, Deezer, wherever you get your podcasts. Just please remember to rate, like, comment and subscribe on YouTube as well. Yes. And also for the YouTube audience, we yes. have members. We do have members. So and if you want to... if you're a mem- part of our members club... Yeah. What did they get, Lee? Early access to podcasts and behind the scenes, which we uploaded a few last week. It was really cute. Yes. And a few <laughs> little shorts as well. Extra snippets. So yeah, we really hope you do enjoy all of those different perks. If you want to see more of our faces and our voices and yeah, we'll see you next week. See Bye you guys. guys. Bye.